Shafee. Shafee, are you are you there? It was 2006. Andy and I went to a podcasting conference in San Antonio, Texas. Night has fallen once again on the hill country surrounding Austin, Texas. Here I sit in my brother Dickie's Austin home, wondering what the birds and gold the landlord's bird feeder might be up to. Tonight, I will not know. But, uh, but that's not going to stop us from having fun here on our 109th birthday episode, 110th birthday episode of One Magical Hour. That's right. One year ago tomorrow, August 27th, the uh, date of the first posting of the very, very first episode, such as it was, I would not recommend that you go back and look at it. Uh, it was it was terrible. Um, uh, go back if you just want to go back. Yeah, I'd, I'd say start around episode ten at the very earliest. But uh, really, anything before twenty-five to thirty is pretty sketchy. But uh, but we've got them. They're there for you completists out there. Uh, they are available uh, tonight. We will. We're doing some of the classics. We'll be we'll be doing the Yale workshop, and we'll be doing the news cruise uh, coming up. Uh, we'll also be reflecting a bit on the past year, and uh, we're going to do it all with the with the the pride of Tarzana, California. He is so in the moment with his Ram Dass ethos. He's Matthew Rampy. Come and download our board. We've been waiting for you, where the kisses are mine and Alex and Shafe's podcasting for you. Come and puke on our floor, drinking tequila too. We are lovable queers that need your ears podcasting for you. You'll see that life is a ball again, laughter is calling for you. Down at our rendezvous, podcasting for you. All my life, I never knew what that second to last line was. I, I, I had no idea. It's, it's down at our rendezvous. I always thought it was just like daba daba So you know. You learn a lot when you start a podcast. Welcome to episode 110. Here we are. The episode the episode that nobody thought would ever Can happen. Can you believe it? Uh, it's, it's a little unbelievable. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that our guests probably couldn't hear that drop. Um, yeah, the drop was real low pro. <laughs> I think, you're, I don't know what's going to happen. I'm going to have to cut something in. Oh, yeah, I can email it to you, I guess. So, the, the quote is from Ernie Hudson's character in the movie Congo. <laughs> he says, in a moon, with a moon oh. like that, every monkey for miles thinks he's Elvis Presley. <laughs> oh, 
Well, that does seem that does seem like an appropriate drop. Yeah. Well, I'm talking to you again from the back porch because our episode with Lucas was so successfully recorded back here, and it is it's quite a bit cooler out on the porch than it is in the double garage. You can imagine you're wrapped in one garage, you're pretty warm. You wrapped in another garage. Toasty. That's twice as warm. That's how Yetis are made. <laughs> Every Yeti cooler and Rambler cup has is two garages, two. and that's how it keeps the that how it keeps your uh, favorite beverage two so cold. Two Matthews garages. Yeah, yeah. It's the man inside two garages. Well, one year. I can't believe that it's three hundred and sixty-four days ago since you. Called me up and I was, you know, with dog days of last summer, I'm working just half time in my previous job that I shoved back in February. You can go listen to that episode. The man, yeah, that was a, lot, a lot of people, a lot of that, people were really excited by the that man, episode. The man and where the to man stick and where to stick. I think was the episode title. Can't remember the number right now. It's right around mid-February. <laughs> um, yeah, lots. A lot has happened on this podcast. You know, we we started it kind of because of the pandemic, right? Your your bar was closed, and I'm on halftime work. It sure was, yeah. Why not produce instead of consume in this country? Does that sound like a good idea to anyone? Anyone? Bueller. I mean, I was a friend of mine specifically commented a few months in, you know, congratulations on producing rather than just consuming. So that that makes me feel good about our efforts here in this imaginary radio world, this imaginary radio program. Um, gee, what else has happened? Chief? Well, you know, I was just uh, thinking what? What do you think we would have said if you had told us that one year from last August, every there was going to be a, yet another COVID variant, everybody was going to be masking up again? There would be a there would be a vaccine available, but people in Florida wouldn't be taking it, even though they were dying. People in Texas, people in Texas wouldn't be taking it, even though they were dying. It's definitely a plot what? twist. Uh, I was telling my, I was talking with my dad and, you know, I remember certain virologists and scientists way back at the very beginning, there were some of them who said, you know what guys, COVID's always going to be with us one way or the other. And I, that at the time I couldn't really wrap my head around that. And now I'm starting, I'm getting to the point where I, I can, I, it seems a lot more plausible to me now. Yeah, I think that's a, a plausible trajectory. I mean, just like influenza stuck around with us, you know, we just we just sort of learned to manage it. The the virus, the vaccine gets adjusted each year, and you know, you take your COVID shot with your flu shot. Maybe they maybe they turn it into one cocktail. Um. I uh, I'm really digging the uh, the insects. I wonder. Uh, 
I are you hearing? Well, <laughs> are are you hearing something? I'm having trouble hearing. There's you. a train coming through, right? There, that's a that's a plane, oh. a plane's flying overhead. That's what every podcast listener just waits yeah. for. Our in interruptions in the with the, with the hosts asking each other if they can hear each other. Uh, for a second there, those cicadas or whatever they are behind you got really loud, and now they've but now they've subsided again. Uh, I I I think that's on I think that's on your laptop, man. Interesting. I, I hear I was hearing it too. I was having trouble hearing you because there was a white noise. Um, I think that's that fan on that <laughs> on that air. <laughs> so there, so there's something that we can talk about our first year. How we still struggle to record. Lord, how yeah? Why are we still having technical issues? That's a um. Well, there's a very good reason right now, and you are a refugee. Yeah. And you once said, said you don't I didn't have, have to cast a refugee, like a refugee, but I guess I didn't listen to, to you. I said, no, Matthew, one year later, I do have to cast like a refugee, no matter what you and Tom Petty say. It seems like that would um, give you a lot of sympathy for, you know, current refugees all around the world oh my right God, now. God, Matthew, right? don't get me started. I, Jesus Christ. Like, the instant diaspora. If the fucking Republicans leave Biden holding the bag for the Bush family's stupid fucking war in the Middle East, I'm going to be pissed. <laughs> well, that, I mean, that's just how it goes. Like, the current president... No, of course. Yeah, I get it. But, I mean, yeah. that's... Like, that war has been going on for 35 fucking years, man. Because of the Bush family, I've spent most of my life with my country at war. And I, I do not right. appreciate it. Hiram, George Hiram or whatever, George Herbert Walker or George W. I do not appreciate it, guys. Guys should have, guys should have uh, found a different way to measure dicks. And not, uh, is that is one of them named Hiram? I don't fucking know. Let's talk about somebody else. I'm <laughs> I'm upset. Okay. Let's go back to talk. I'm sorry no, I brought it up. Let's go back to it's talking my, no, about our podcast. My, my this, if we've learned anything, we know that this is a show about a show. <laughs> that it is. Um, what what was your favorite part of podcasting? This uh, I mean, yeah, discovering that we could do it really was just, was, was really fun. You know, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't sure how many times we were going to really record ourselves at any moment. You know, I thought, you know, you, you and I are both, we, we tend to, we like to, we like to make things, both of us do, particularly art. Yeah. So uh, it's not, I'm not surprised that we're still doing it a year later, but I'm, I'm still, there's some part of me that is, that is impressed. That is a. Uh, that is less ashamed of myself. <laughs> Shafi, is the is the podcast art? It is on some level. Yeah, it is art. It better be because it's taking all of my creative juices, and I'm not making any other art really. This is definitely my the my artwork for the year. So I hope that it can be considered art. <laughs> I hope that when you. 
sometime in the future, people are sifting through my art. They draw from the podcast to kind of paint a picture of me. I think, you know, as a guy who likes karaoke, I think that you can you can get an ex obviously an excellent picture of these two guys, Matthew and Schaefer. But I think somebody could get a pretty good picture of what a certain corner of American culture was like in the last year. You know, the weird. You know what I. <laughs> you know what I really hope for for the future of the podcast is that my grandkid, boy or girl, pronouns don't matter. One of my grandkids, maybe when they're about. 24 25 discovers the podcast <laughs> That'd be really fun wouldn't it? and gets to listen to grandpa I'm, I'm making a lot of assumptions here you know obviously my kids are still young yeah. but i am at that point actually where i can conceive of like i may be a yeah, grandpa. yeah. and you know and I've, been, I've been acting like a grandpa since i was like 15. <laughs> as as griffin is fond of showing us uh with his with his yeah. impression of me, oh my, uh, oh, oh my, my back. back, yeah, my back. Uh, <laughs> uh, I I want to just keep reflecting on the year. I don't think we need to move off of this topic anytime soon. I, I I think I think it's bloody insane that we that we started it, and especially when we were recording three or four a week mm -hmm. at the first. We you, we both just had this desire to like. Just do it and get it going. Yeah. You know, and it was, and the first part was hard, you know, finding a rhythm and a cadence and a kind of defining the topics and that the whole discussion of like, what is this podcast about? And I feel like we have, we are at least at a point where we know it's about. It's an arts and entertainment podcast hosted by two longtime friends in the search of. Comedy, comfort, communication, and community. I said those backwards, which was weird, but and I don't, you know, it's calling it comedy is. I think it's more art than it is I comedy. Think you're right. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I think I think it's I think it's always good for some yucks. You know, like there's so many different uh, kinds of comedy. There's you know even just. Like if you just take stand up, you know there can be, you know, at an evening at the comedy cellar, there could be three or four or five entirely different styles of stand up comedy. You know, you got your, you got your guy who works the room, you know, guy, uh, guy who's uh, busting on audience members and all this that stick going on. Yeah, <laughs> you have your prop comics. Your, you have uh, prop comics like uh, yeah Gallagher and was was Carrot Carrot Top was a prop comic right? Carrot Top was very much in the in the prop. Genre. Uh, you know, like who was a master of prop comedy was Steve Martin. Um, but I really oh, yeah. I put him in a, a separate category. He was really something special. But yeah, and then you have you know you have your kind of. Modern contemporary guys like you know Mark Maron, which you know a lot of his comedy is just talking about his life, right? 
Yeah. And maybe, you know, I think yeah. some, you know, some of these guys, they might tell you like, no, it won't bother me one bit if nobody laughs, you know, that's, uh, they, yeah, that's kind of some, some of these, some, some comics are going for that. Uh, not these guys. Well, I don't, I, I don't think the case here is that nobody laughed, <laughs> but uh, I don't know. Just calling it comedy seems a little, uh, like I said, I think it feels more like art than comedy, even though I tried to imbue it with comedy. Um, I was just, I keep thinking, yeah, it is interesting to me to watch, like you and your kids, like your kids are becoming you know, coming adolescents, they're, they're becoming real people, you know, not that, you know, yeah. like my niece and nephew are that three years old and six year old, they're, they're a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, but that's yeah, just they're, kids. They're kids, you know, so yeah, I can, I can see you now being like, yeah, maybe I will be a grandpa someday. And yeah. I really, I, I, I like to imagine that. I like to imagine Isabel and Griffin happily married, and, you know, doing well, and it's it's almost at the point where it's seven and ten years old, and so like, let's say Isabel goes off to college, so that's only eight more years of Isabel in my house, and I've already done yeah. ten. That so yeah. I, I, I'm talking, I'm talking about it like it's a prison sentence, which for a lot of the period it has <laughs> felt like, um. But but now and you hear people say it all the time. They grow up so fast. Yeah. You you like you can't catch it in the moment. These days, Matthew, eight years is nothing. You know, I've been back. Well, I've yeah. been back in uh, Austin almost eight years now. Wow. I think I've been basically back here for seven now. That's crazy. crazy. That went by so fast. And yet, you know, part, parts of it, you know, the parts where we were searching for a place to put the new bar and not finding that place anywhere, like, that was, that was an excruciating time for me. Um, it was a tough know? time. But so, but it still went by fast in the blink of an eye. So that's interesting. Hmm. And so, yeah, and so you folks were working a job or two and raising a kid or two. Yeah, your life must be just on warp speed. Yeah, it's, you know, it's long days and short years. <laughs> okay, now do you hear this white noise building again? Yeah, but it's, it's not coming from this end, man. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mute myself, see if you can still hear it, okay? <laughs> no. <laughs> when you mute yourself, it becomes perfectly silent. <laughs> well, then I don't know what's happening here. <laughs> Um, yeah. And then, uh, it, and, and, then it, and then it went, and then it went away, right? Yeah. When you mute yourself and unmute yourself, it went away. So that's interesting. <laughs> I mean, that's a river. That must be a riverside issue. Or maybe that's that I don't have headphones Yeah, I was just going to say it's probably because, uh, my Chrome is not up to date. You know, it is riverside. Yeah. Uh, my my apologies to one imagination. I I have at this point I have basically three and a half storage units full of stuff, <laughs> and uh, 
Wait, wait, wait. Start say that again. At this point, I ha I have about three and a half storage units worth of stuff, and that's. Uh, are you are you renting three and a half storage? Yeah, units? They're, they're small ones. Um, I have two and a half storage un units at the movers, you know, storage places like up in Cedar Park or something. Uh, and then I have one storage unit here right down there on airport in 35. Um, and that's where, when, you know, all of that, those two and a half storage units in Cedar Park are going to be put mostly back into my house, except for some things like the piano and some, uh, you know, other like kind of weird random stuff. And that'll go into my small little unit there on airport in 35 until I decide what to do with it. And I was on the phone with the lady booking that new one today, and she asked me how long I was going to need it. And I was like, "Well, you know, it could be, it could be a few months, could be a year, could be forever, <laughs> could be yours, yeah. could be yours." <laughs> I was like, "Maybe forever." <laughs> Did you segment off the stuff that could? just be maybe lost uh i kind of did uh you know like my my coding was um was kind of like assessing what i had just put into a box and then assigning it an a a b or a c and a is something that i want to move back in immediately <laughs> b is something that i might want to move in eventually and c is something that yeah could just as well be forgotten about forever <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, you should have saved yourself some money and just taken C to the dump. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm just not ready for that. <laughs> well, if you need some help with that, sure. you just give me the key to C <laughs> and give me three hundred dollars, and then some that's it. Wood and some... No, I'll, I can I can dump it responsibly, but there's some disposal fees. And... I actually I have my uh, I still have my hard hat and uh, and reflective vest from the last time I went to the dump when I said goodbye to Tara's rug and Tara's couch and a few other <laughs> items of Tara's that were still in the still in the house after, which I appreciated having, mind you, like. Uh, when I, you know, when I moved in, I basically had nothing, and so uh, it was nice that Tara left some stuff behind. You know, in this consumer society, we um, was I really slurring my words? Just in this consumer society, uh, there's too much stuff, and just every once in a while, you gotta either put out bulk trash or make a trip to the dump. Yeah. Or I, I mean, I mean, things, of course, are best repurposed, but uh, um, we got to, there's too much stuff. We, I, I, my vote is to make less stuff, but that's not happening. So, Matthew. so my second, my, my second vote is sometimes you got to get rid of some things. Matthew, have you ever heard the phrase Manson lamps? <laughs> Manson, Manson lamps? lamps? Yeah. Do you no. have any guess as to what that might be? I don't think I'm saying it right. Uh, Manson, Manson lamps. lamps. 
Um, is that like, um, is that like when you need some light to murder some people by? Uh, no, but you're, you're on the right track though. Okay. Yeah, it is Manson and, uh, is it, is it Charles yeah. Manson? It, it was first okay. used in, or not, sorry, I don't know if it was first used, but it came into American culture uh, on The Sopranos when Tony Soprano said to Richie, quit giving me those Manson lamps. Oh. No, no, oh, is that like when somebody's looking at you with crazy that's, eyes? That's exactly what it is, yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. No, I never heard that before. Genevieve used it on... Uh, after these messages, I was like, driving up to my dad's and I binged some after these messages. And uh, I, I was able to tell from context what she meant. So, uh, but I was just. Yeah. Oh, oh, excuse me. I mean, right. God, God. You, yeah, when I gave you context, you figured it out. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. Finally, <laughs> after some prodding, some help, oh. uh, you were also, you were also on the road you know, your mind was clear and you were thinking, you know, deep and I'm trying to co-host a podcast. Yeah. So I, I, when you said Manson Lamps, I, I, I think I'm like Amelia Bedelia. I got real literal. <laughs> you know, I was thinking of killer lamps, <laughs> you know, just start a cult and have other people kill for you lamps, like the sexy lamp with the leg from the Christmas story. But killier, but more dangerous. So I mean that that's my problem, right? But you got it. Oh, hey. yeah. I, I even I, even though I'm outside tonight, I set up the room. Yo, Rich. Yeah, I kind of kind of Wait, was that a, was that our yield? That was workshop? one. I actually. Have to go Got another one? Oh, good. Uh, Matthew, do you know the word? Bedizens? <laughs> Excuse me? Bedizened. Bedizened. Bedazzled. Is that anything like bedazzled? That is exactly what it means. It means to dress up or decorate godly. Oh, yes. I, uh, <laughs> I came across it in uh, this Neil Stevenson book I'm reading, and I just, I, you know, I had to look it up. Like, not, not to, not to brag or anything, but it's it's not often these days that I come across a word that I feel like I need to look up. Uh, except when I'm reading Neil Stevenson, and then it happens every 50 pages or so. Um, and yeah, bedizened was a new one to me. Um, yeah, these days, yeah, I would say bedazzled. <laughs> but that's, uh, that's because of the, uh, the as seen on TV bedazzler where you, where you used to stick rhinestones on things. Sure. I mean, used to. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Not used to, used to. Used to could. We we, beda we might still bedazzle over All this right. house. Bedizen. 
I, I like that. Is that like um? Let's, is that like a new? Is that like an internet? No, word? no, it's an old word. I think. Oh, okay. What? Um, when was that book written that you were reading? <laughs> uh, recently. That's a it's a relatively new book, but okay. I get the impression. You know, I'm a cartographer of the new age, so I just want to uh, map this word in time. It seems like a newish word. All right, you ready for it? Merriam-Webster, did you know? But Dyson doesn't have the flashy history you might expect. Its roots lie in the rather quiet art of spinning thread. In times past, oh. the spinning process began with the placement of fibers, such as flax, on an implement called the distaff, the fibers were then drawn out from the distaff and twisted into thread. Bedizen descends from the older, now obsolete verb dizen, which means to dress a distaff with flax. And uh, which, wow, which, uh, which became, which came to English by way of Middle Dutch. The spelling of dizen eventually became dizen and that was Dyson with an S turning into Dyson with a Z. And its meaning expanded to cover the dressing up of things other than distaffs. In the mid-17th century, English speakers began English speakers began using the Dyson with the same meaning. The figurative use in our second quotation is also well established. Such uses date to the late 18th century. Well, that makes me think that they still that they pattern bedazzler off of I think you're right. yes you know? I think you're absolutely right yeah huh. wow that's sort of blowing my mind a little bit in terms of I thought bedazzled was something that was completely fabricated from like a marketing thing and now it seems like it's pulled from a an ancient art of like uh, that that paint picture you were painting made me think of uh, sleeping beauty yeah and she pricks her finger on the, the loom, and yeah, that's a similar situation with the flax and the loom. Definitely. Or the spindle. Excuse me. Did I did I loom your spindle? It might be just right Just uh, dies near you. Is that a is that flax on your distaff? <laughs> a future introduction to Matthew. He's been known to dies in the distaff. <laughs> Whose flax is this? <laughs> um, boy, that was that was an excellent yield workshop. I love it when I really learn stuff from yield workshop. Besides the, that, I might have been misusing a word for a very long time. Um, oh yeah, I wanted to tell you guys about one thing that happened to me, some real bit of minutia from my life. Oh, I love the minutia. And then I want to bedizen it with some superstition that I carry. <laughs> All, right. All right. So I'm making a sandwich the other day and a real typical sandwich for me is sourdough bread, mayo, 
the lunch meat, whatever it is, turkey, roast beef. I like the Boar's Head London Port roast beef. It's delicious. Or maybe sometimes some ham and then some romaine lettuce. It's a pretty simple sandwich. I When I was younger, I used to put cheese on my sandwich. I don't anymore. Mm-hmm. Sourdough, mayo, meat. But lately, my lately my, my daughter's not really into mayo. And lately she's been – she wants mayonnaise. I mean, she wants, excuse me, she wants mustard on her sandwiches. And so we've recently like, we always have some Dijon around, but we we're just getting the H-E-B Dijon. But lately I've gotten back into Grey Poupon. Oh, it's, 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 uh, it's really, except no substitutes. (laughs) It really is amazing. And there were those, there were those great commercials when we were a kid where, um, a guy is in a fancy car and a, a limousine pulls up or maybe 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 the guy is are they both in fancy cars or is one of the guys in a limousine I maybe think. they're maybe they're just both bentley's but but one one rich jerk pulls up next to another rich jerk and he says rolls down his window and he says pardon me do you have any gray poupon and the other rich jerk goes but of course <laughs> <laughs> Um, and those played in the eighties, like incessantly, um, classic. Yeah. yeah. So I'm, I'm making a sandwich just recently and I'm, I'm in the zone. Okay. Like, um, I'm like you said, my life is kind of at warp speed and I'm moving at warp speed. I've, I've been working at warp speed all day. I'm just, I'm firing on all cylinders. Right. And I'm pulling stuff out of the fridge. I'm pulling stuff out of the just like just like lightning. I'm pulling stuff out of the fridge, and I drop the glass jar of Grey Poupon. Oh no! Uh, and it breaks. It's funny. It's almost like a Schaefer's like crying to the. <laughs> to the crowd right now. It was weird the way it broke. Like the mustard sort of localized the shatter. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it was even like, it, it didn't really even break the jar apart. It was almost like uh, you hit a windshield with a sledgehammer and there's just sort of one area that's like shattered and spidered, you know? Mm-hmm. And that happened with the grape upon. And then I was scared to like, I thought, well, I could just pull some off the top here because the oh, shatter is wow. kind of at the bottom. And, and I thought, nah. So basically, I wasted like a three-quarter full jar of Grey Poupon. Oh, that's then, You know, it was okay. We we actually had another one in the pantry. So uh, I still was able to put it on my sandwich. I would, I, I mentioned it. Oh, my daughter... Oh. My daughter's been using it. So I've gone back to a mayo and mustard, especially with ham. I really like that a lot. Matthew, it's good you had a backup so you didn't have to get in your car and just drive all around Austin until you found a Bentley and then rolled the window down and say, <laughs> you have a great performance. I mean, I think I'm at that level in society now where that could happen. You made it, yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it, it was disappointing in the moment, but I, I really like to see, you know, the truth of the world and of your life is that things are going to go wrong. And I, I kind of like it when something small goes wrong, you know, because then it's like, well, this, 
this fuck up could be a lot worse, you know? Yeah. Um, and I, I try to like learn lessons from small screw ups, uh, so that I don't have to pay like bigger prices, you know, if I don't have to feel the pain of, of just being careless and trying to do something too fast and then like breaking my car or my computer or, you know, it really, it, in, in truth, it was just a jar of mustard. It's a good way of, good way of looking at things. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I know how, um, uh, I know how our listeners love to hear about the minutia of my life. The, the, the details are where the, uh, where the devil, the devilishly, the devilish fun is. The yeah. devilish fun is in the details, I would say. Is that like the podcast? Yes. Exactly. Well, I think we need uh, another classic segment. I th think we should go for a news cruise, right? Let's do it. Can you text me to remind me to put in the music? Yes, I'll do, I'll do my very best. Just, I'd like to welcome... East Austin correspondent Schaefer Hall back from the front. I'm pleased to give you guys this article from uh, Vulture. Thanks to thanks to Zoe Haylock. Uh, pleased to report the Babysitters Club is back on its grind in Netflix's first look at season two. That's right, season two of Netflix is the Babysitters Club. Uh, it says goodbye to a character and says hello to a new character. Um, sounds like it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, we have a quote here from series creator and One Magical Hour alumnus Rachel Schuchert. In season two, we really get to see a maturation of the club and of the girls. There are two new members. They're all a year older and have more experience running a business, deeper friendships and are going into deeper, a deeper understanding of themselves as people. We also wanted to continue exploring themes that allow all young viewers to see themselves represented on screen, while also dealing obliquely with the many things we've all been through in the past year. Loss, change, responsibility, trying to find joy and meaning in unexpected places. So excited for everyone to be back in Stony Brook and back in business. So uh, Rachel's description uh, of the Babysitter's Club Sounds like it could be a description of one magical hour, don't you think? For sure. Exciting how much, how much our artistic endeavors have actually have in common. Yeah. I also I can't wait to tell my kids about that. Um, we love the show and uh, we will definitely be watching and you could definitely look for a review right here in this space of season two of the Babysitters Club. Yeah. Yeah, let's both watch it as soon as possible and we can discuss gonna, it. It's going to be tough to best the first season. It was so good. Maybe we could uh, maybe we could have Miss Schuchert parachute back in for a quick discussion of uh, of the second second season. You think she would come back? <laughs> she might. I don't know. Against her better judgment, maybe she will. If you recall the circumstances. Uh, she was having to quarantine yeah, in the hotel room in Canada for two weeks, and that was really 
the reason that we got her on the show. Yeah, I'm not saying we're going to get her back for another hour and a half long conversation. But we might get her to make a phone call if she knows that it's promoting one of her uh, one of her uh, works. Well, that would be fantastic. Well, do you have a poem for us tonight? Today? I do. Whenever you're listening to this, One Magical Universe? I was just pulling this up. I have my whole big manuscript right here. So have we uh, given up on any um have we given up on any efforts to try to get uh reviews or more listeners or voicemails or emails? Actually uh funny you should say it. no, we have not. Uh we'd love to but really, you know, the best way to promote one magical hour is through word of mouth to all of our all of our big fans and uh I you know I think it'd be a good time to take this one year one year birthday to thank the people with us who have been there the whole time talking about the two Hollies and the third Holly and uh, Miss Ellen Ferguson, uh, Kat and Jeff, Manish, Adam, uh, Brian Benitez, Jameson, Alex, all of our producers, Emeritus, Emeritus's, uh, sister Gracie, uh, uh, the gang, uh, uh, Choo Choo Express, and uh, Andy Bays, uh, all of our wonderful guests. There, there are some listeners that I don't know if they're still listening. I mean, I don't know. Captain Q supported us for quite a while, and and Hugh yeah. Nation. I, those guys may have dropped off. I, you know, I don't yeah, know. Well, you know, that happens. It's a, it's, it can be a bit of a commitment. Uh, you know, I know your, my dad, your dad, Grant Hall. He's been working to catch up. Grace. Yeah. Uh, also catching up, yeah. Well, um, everybody has some catching up to do. Yeah, not all of us, you know. Like the, there's the folks who can listen to podcasts either at work or on their commutes. You know, they're the most they're the most consistent ones. But, yeah, you know, there are also people who you know just do their best to carve out time in their week, and that's you know those are the people who are going to kind of come in and out. You're and you're always welcome to come back to one magical hour if you uh, if you mosey on for a little bit. You, there you was can, your friend Jonathan in the UAE, right? Yeah. Uh, actually, I was making a note to give him a shout out. I was just looking uh, at a. Uh, actually, he sent us a, a link to. Well, ne next week's news cruise will be from Jonathan in the UAE. And Travis Hagedorn? Travis Hagedorn? Shout, shout out us if you're still with us. Yeah, this would be a good time for a roll call. Anybody who's still. Is anybody still listening? We see some numbers, and they're maybe plateaued. Lord, if one of our Indian listeners would just give us a call or send us an email or something, I know that things are difficult over there right now, uh, and I think of you almost every day. Uh, we would love to hear from one of you guys through the, yeah, the there's, so many ways you can reach out. Feedback at onemagicalhour.com. Yeah, you can hit up the, the front page, Facebook page, uh, the... Uh, there's there's our Facebook page. The voicemail line, 512-766-6087. yes, Mark you know the Shocker. Three sixes in there. 512-766-6087. Give us a call.
what a year it's been, my friend. And boy, the I mean, again, going back to the the twist at the end where the pandemic came back. <laughs> we thought we were all done. We were all excited uh, recording together and stuff. <laughs> and then she came back. And then it came back. Yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't know what goes on with, uh, I think it's the echo cancellation because I'm not using headphones and it just builds up a little like uh, feedback loop and then it starts getting louder and louder. And like a minute ago, we were both trying to talk over it. Who knows what that's going to sound like in the final recording? <laughs> I think it's appropriate for our first birthday podcast to maybe have some, some of the flaws of one year ago. If somebody came to you and they were like, what's it like recording a podcast? And, and, and what could say I want to record a podcast? What, what, what have you learned? What can you tell me? And I would be like, well, it's always going to be hard to record. <laughs> like, There's always going to be issues. No matter what, no matter how figured out you think you have it, come up again. We, we haven't figured anything out. Here are the two things that I've learned in this year. We haven't figured anything out. <laughs> and we're and you and I are really not that interesting, but people listen anyway. And, and you learn what Manson lamps are. Yeah. Well, I mean, think of all the words that we've reviewed and learned. And I don't know. It's, it's fantastic. Look, get us a poem and get us out of here. Talking about Dyson and that just that. Okay, folks. Uh, how about a poem? This isn't that. The Schaefer Hall original, uh, and it was you know it was written while we were dealing with some of those uh, some of those tough years we mentioned before uh, in the last last four years four to five years or so. Uh, this is called Four Regular Birds Attack a Large Venomous Snake." I was in the kitchen and I heard the craziest sounds from the backyard. She said, and when she went to the window, she saw a cardinal puffed up like a grapefruit while an unlikely coalition of smaller, other small birds coordinated low-flying runs along the side fence. It was Sunday night, and we were having dinner inside the big windows from the quiet backyard where death faced intrepidation only hours before. It was the year of the monkey, and the strife of the globe was hanging out in the backyard like a slow-drying linen or a bad game of croquet. The snake was a cruel trick left in our playground, and the birds were easy iterations of us, if our bravery could ever be so simple and natural. But at the kitchen table, we were in our own way tough as nails, the small ones holding up pictures and fixing broken tables. The yard darkened and the kitchen lit up. The courage of our humanity seemed no less for its patchwork. We were the most unusual creatures as tenacious, as willful, and as playful as all of the animals in the backyard. Love you guys. Love each and every one of you. Take care of yourself. Wait, that wait. Oh, that poem was fantastic. Um, is that the first time anybody's really ever heard that poem? Yeah, I think probably is. Yeah. Yeah, man, that's good stuff. And you, you held up a. Uh, uh, a manuscript over there. Are you collecting your stuff? I've actually sent it out. Uh, 
my good friends John Cotter and Brennan Larber uh, gave me some editing notes. I uh, brushed it up a little bit, and actually, well, as of last week, it's gone out to a couple of publishers. So shit, man. I mean that 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 was fantastic. Of course, I'm a fan of your work, but I mean, I I had never heard that one, and it feels especially in the context of what you were talking about, the, the tough times, it feels raw and real and it's great. Thank you for fucking sharing. Thank you for listening. Thanks. Thanks all of you for listening. Remember when I used to try not to swear on the podcast? <laughs> I think that when, uh, I, I seem to, I seem to get some profanity in every time. I guess I should be thinking about my 24 year old grandchild and, I I just want to let them know that profanity is just an easy way to communicate. It's lazy, but you know, sometimes you got no choice. So I I dropped a couple of fuck bombs when I was talking about the Bush family earlier when I had my little meltdown. So, well, that seems appropriate. All right. Well, we love you. I guess we're I guess after 110, we're just going to stick with this sign off for <laughs> the choices. The sweet of the wine.